It's cold out there, everybody. Hope you have your jacket and are ready for a chilly one today. I'm going to be speaking with the voted-off contestant of Survivor David versus Goliath. Thought I'd start it off with a little Dean Martin. Baby, it's cold outside. That was the theme of the episode. Uh, but yeah, spoiler alert, here comes the interview. I'm going to be talking with Natalie Cole, none other than Natalie Cole. And uh, there is lots to get to, so let's just dive right in. Man, uh, has a jacket ever been such a featured part of a Survivor episode? I would have to say no. Um, but it, it led to some good television, some good entertainment value, and uh, just where to even begin with this one. Uh, I, I really, really am digging the season again. Once again, Natalie Cole, I personally am sorry to see her go. I know a lot of my listeners, a lot of the people that follow me on realityt.com and, and read my recaps on there, uh, they are not liking Natalie. They're very happy to see that she left. People jumping up and down. There's people calling her names unfortunately, online, and they're just really happy to see her go. She definitely is one of the more polarizing players the game has seen in quite a while, but she was one of the most interesting. I think it's impossible to say otherwise. Uh, She was one of the most interesting pre-merge characters. There always seems to be one character pre-merge that kind of stands out as a good TV, you know, personality, entertainment value, good reality star, but somebody that doesn't really have much of a chance of, of winning the game. This year, that was Natalie Cole this season. Uh, she, let's see, she just was, <laughs> from the minute she got out there, I kind of felt bad for her at first. She was the oldest contestant. You know, she's nine years older than Mike White, who's the, the closest in age to her. She's like 56, I believe, at the time of filming. And, uh, you know, I was like, man, you know, in past seasons of Survivor, we will get a mix of old and young people. She would have some people that maybe she could align with or, or have something in common with. But, you know, as the seasons have gone on, the cast has skewed younger and younger. And Natalie was the only, you know, older person out there this season. So I, origi- I originally was like, oh, man, that sucks for her. But it soon was evident that it wasn't just her age that was setting her apart from the group. She was abrasive. She was brash. She, I don't know if bark is the right word. Uh, I was going to say barked orders at people. She really just kind of calmly would tell people things, but she would do it in a way that was kind of condescending, telling people, you know, uh, what to do around camp, the right way to build the shelter, you know, what she expected from people. And she has a very business-like approach. Somebody, it was under their breath last night, but if, if you listen back to Tribal Council, somebody used the word impersonal. And that's definitely Natalie on the show. She just had, you know, she kept saying last night she's in sales and this was a business transaction and things like that. And, you know, in the business world, that might get you far, and it clearly does because Natalie is a very successful person in real life. In the game of Survivor, though, you have to have some kind of social game. You can't be all business all the time. It's just not going to work when you're dealing with other people in a game where you have to have other people vote for you to win a million dollars. So it's just not going to happen. <laughs> but she, uh, she she, kind of threatened or bullied her, you know, with the jacket situation last night. But, you know, if you, again, follow the dots, she was doing it for Angelina, which uh, she considered to be one of her allies. And, uh, you know, to the very end, she pretty much stood with the Goliaths. 
what kind of player would she have been had she made the merge? Would she have just been with Goliath? Would she have continued to just rub people the wrong way? Would anybody would have been able to put up with her for 39 days? Is that worth a million dollars to anybody out there uh, to be on the island with Natalie for that long? It's all interesting stuff to ponder, but Natalie's gone. I'm going to be speaking with her, though, uh, shortly and on this podcast, so just in a few moments, so uh, stick around for that, of course. But in this episode, you know, yeah, we had all this stuff with the jacket. We had all this stuff with the eggs. Angelina really showed herself as somebody who, you know, it, it's a common example of when you're out in the game, it's so easy to watch from television and kind of under, you know, think that we know the game and, you know, this is what I would do in this situation. But it's just not that easy when you're out there, you're cold, you're starving, you know, all these things are going on around you. There's a storm, you're wet, and literally you start to get short-sighted. You know, you can't do anything else but think about your own survival. And Angelina right now is willing to truly do anything uh, for her own personal warmth. She threw out the idea, you know, and and it was more than a joke. It was a real thing. (laughs) She was throwing out the idea of stealing someone else's jacket. Uh, You know, Natalie was trying to leverage, uh, you know, Nick and bully him into giving uh, his jacket up. And then even after Angelina... Uh, watches Natalie's dreams of winning a million dollars come crushing, crashing down. In that moment, she still has the audacity, the balls, if you will, to <laughs> to tell, you know, ask Natalie for her jacket. In that moment, not once, not twice, but about five or six times, for my count. And uh, of course, Natalie did not give up her jacket, and I don't blame her at that point. I have people that I'm reading uh, some of the comments on Reality T on my recap. They're like. Oh, that just shows her personality that she wouldn't give Angelina her jacket. She doesn't owe Angelina her jacket. That's that's crazy talk to me. Uh, she has no obligation whatsoever to give her jacket up to anybody. She just got voted out. As far as she knows, Angelina just voted for her. You know, she doesn't have the, uh, she doesn't get to see the votes as we do at home or, or know what happened exactly. So imagine if Angelina was the one that voted her out. She's gonna turn around and give her her coat. I mean, are you crazy? I don't blame her at all for not giving up her coat in that moment. Jacket, coat, whatever. Uh, So that part of it is ridiculous. But Natalie's gone. It's the second straight week that we saw the the Goliath majority uh, fall with the Davids staying alive somehow, some way. We're now at 7-7. and So next week is crucial. We'll talk a little bit about next week at the end of this podcast. But let us just get right into this thing. Let us talk. This is going to be a good one, I have a feeling. We're going to talk with Natalie Cole right now. You can find all of my Survivor coverage at Tom Santilli on Twitter. Please follow me, everybody. Tell your friends. Tell your friends about the podcast. Let's get this thing going. I could also use your support on Patreon.com if you wanted to pledge as little as a dollar a month. It really helps. I know a lot of people haven't been doing this so far, but it really does help uh, keep podcasts like this on the air just a small donation there's some prizes and some other things that you can win by donating so just go to that website patreon.com forward slash film survivor follow me at tom santilli again and please keep reading at realityt.com so with that here's my interview with natalie hi tom hi natalie how are you doing today I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, it's super cool to uh, get a chance to talk with you here today. Uh, I enjoyed you on the show. How's it been? How's the feedback been since you've uh, been voted out? Well, the feedback 
for the entire season, and since I've been voted off, uh, I think I'm the most polarizing Survivor character over the last few years. <laughs> yeah, Aaron I went to Russell Hans, sure. to Philip Shepard on the one hand, and to Sari on the other hand. Um, I've been described as lazy, bossy, controlling, combative, uh, and it's just been it's been very interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, you've been called a lot of different things on the show. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, of everything that you heard coming out of people's mouths, is there, is there, tell me something that you feel is an, is an accurate uh, description, and tell me something that is, you know, obviously inaccurate, that, that bothered you maybe the most. Well, okay, um, I can't, I don't believe I can attempt to fully unwrap the very powerful narrative that's been told um and that narrative was apparent to me from the preview forward that i was the designated goliath and to articulate an argument to fully flush out or explain how you know contextualized content combined with orchestrated impactful music that stirs the emotions Mm -hmm. um with, you know, okay. in the setting that we were in with sound bites that are very particular, it, it creates the viewer's perception. And that narrative is very powerful, one such that my singular verbal influence can't really change what's been told. So I can't say, you know, this is accurate. A lot of the stuff that you saw or things that were said, I did say at one time or another. Mm-hmm. The key is, when did I really say it, and what was it about? And I also know this. I felt like I was under attack. In fact, I was verbally uh, abused and belittled uh, the entire time from Jeremy. So I was in defensive mode. I felt like an abused woman, and I was protecting myself. And in doing so, I became further isolated and then ostracized. So in my thinking... I'm in survival mode. However I can survive is what I thought, you know, with the hand I had been dealt, I felt like I played it fairly well. Most people would have cracked based on what I experienced out there. Sure. What do you think it was? Why would why did Jeremy target you as far as, you know, um, like you said, you feel like an abused woman. Why do you feel like he, he targeted you? Was he like that towards everybody? Was that his personality? Or was uh, why do you think it was you that he kind of latched onto? Day one, I went to Jeremy in the afternoon, and I said, Jeremy, let's partner together and work together. I'm not doing that mm. before I could even get the full statement out. Mm. I said, why? Because you're black and I'm black and we're older. We're going to be the first and second to be targeted to go out, and I'm not going to be first. What he didn't know was that I had already gone to John and said, John, get me through the first half. I'm going to have your back during the second half, and you, don't want, you, don't, you, don't, you won't need any stronger person than myself to have you on the backside. Mm-hmm. I said the same thing to Dan in a different conversation. They both agreed to be allies. The third person I approached was Jeremy, and I got closed down before he found out. So I finally said to Jeremy, he said, you need to go get three or four people who are willing to back you, and then I'll consider. I said, well, why can't you be the first? I'm not doing that. So I knew he was unwinnable day one. So when people say Jeremy tried to help me, mm-hmm. it was the, from the truth. <laughs> then on the first day of our challenge, I didn't fall in that challenge. Jeremy made me fall because my leg is midway in the air. I was going to jump over this bar, at least throw my leg up on top of the bar. 
Jeremy grabs my leg midpoint and flings it forward with such aggression that I fall. Wow. And guess what? I fall in the middle of traffic. I got tr- trampled, and I actually had a back injury that I was in pain for the entire game that I played. My goodness. And um, so I look at his actions during the course of the entire game. So the one thing that he needed was somebody else to side against me. And so uh, Natalia got upset about me making a suggestion. She overplayed and overreacted in my thinking. But that was all Jeremy needed for him to take up the charge. And so it snowballed. And then I felt like I became a victim of group think because, well, if they're all after Natalie, I better say I'm after her too. Mm Mm-hmm. And I became targeted. So my whole game was in a mode of being defensive while in pain. I didn't sleep for the first three to five days. And I'm dealing with Jeremy, who is like a fly over a picnic table during a hot summer day. <laughs> you know, uh, that, that's very interesting. I wanted to ask you, too, though, you know, um, Survivor over the years, you know, the cast in general has kind of skewed younger and younger. Usually we get mixes of people that are, you know, of the same age. You're nine years older than the next closest person in age. Were, were you disappointed when you first saw the cast to see that there weren't, um, you know, older, uh, you know, or people your age, I guess you could say, more, more in the game and that you were dealing with a bunch of, you know, 20 and 30-year-olds, or did that not factor into anything? It didn't factor for me. I did expect it to be younger. It's always been younger. I did expect it to skew much younger than myself, so I wasn't surprised by that. On the first or second day, Mike was so afraid because he thought he was the oldest. And he was like, they're going to target me because I'm the oldest. Jeremy probably had gotten in his head, too. And I was trying to assure Mike, don't worry about it. You'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. He kept worrying. And I said, Mike, you're not the oldest. He said, I am the oldest. And I said, actually, you're not. He said, well, who's the oldest then? And I said, Mike, I'm a little older than you. He said, Natalie, I'm 48. I said, yeah, Mike, I was 48 at one time, too. (laughs) Keep that between you and I because... Because I'm thinking I may still come back and pull Mike into the fold. What happens a few hours later? Something was going on, and uh, Allison said, well, let's do it by age. Mike, you go first. You're the oldest. And Mike (laughs) said, I'm not the oldest. And everybody said, Mike, you are the oldest. No, I'm not the oldest. And then they said, well, who is? And he looked and said, Natalie. I said, oh, my God. (laughs) It it was one of those things. So I wasn't surprised by the uh, demographic um, and the population out there. I expected it. But I generally get along with younger people. I have um, a 501c3 that advocates uh, for young adults. And at one point we were having like 200 to 250 students come through at one time, and we were teaching them the business of media and communication skills, and we would help to get them, um, you know, help them to apply for college and to get into college. So, And then I have a younger staff because... I have literally one foot in old school and one foot in new school, and I'm begrudgingly in new school because I have to be because I'm in business. So I depend on a lot of young people and their thoughts about how I should go about doing things, some certain things, because guess what? I, I tell them what my end results look like, mm-hmm. and I help them to try to see the big picture from what I envision as my end result. But their ingenuity as to how they get there, that's what I watch for. Mm-hmm. And if they need help and if I need to tweak it along the way so it does, in fact, line up with my vision, that's what I do. But in terms of controlling, managing, micromanaging, I tell them, this is my end result. Go get there. Let me know if you need something. Okay. And so I do listen to young people. So I was surprised that I could not um, 
connect in that way, but it's a slippery slope out there. Once somebody says something about you, well, it seems to be the reality. You know, we watched now two straight weeks where the Goliath uh, tribe, you know, lost their majority in the new in the, after the tribe swap. Uh, you know, the Goliath, you know, tribe obviously isn't as strong a, a together as we might have thought they were. When when you got paired up with Mike and Angelina, were you happy that those two other Goliaths were on your tribe? No. Okay. I knew I was in trouble. It would have been better to be with all Goliaths because at the end of the day, I felt like I was with all Goliaths anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike, I was never going to win over because he and Jeremy were joined at the hip. He was resentful when Jeremy got voted out. I think he found out that I was the one behind the Jeremy vote. And Angelina, I couldn't trust half of what she said. She reminded me of a police informant. You've got to get them and you've got to get the information, but you have to really weigh what you can use versus what's exaggerated, made up, or what have you. Mm-hmm. So I didn't trust the new tribe that I was on, and... They immediately um, told Nick and Lirsa about what had happened with the with me and the prior Goliath tribe. So, I, again, I felt like more defensiveness, and I just at some point I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to continue this fight, not in that way. So I wasn't aggressively fighting against the whole, you know, vote Natalie out on the last tribal. Mm-hmm. I just said, I think it's me. It's rolling, and it is what it is. You know, we saw too last night. It was the second time ever that the camp, you know, the island was evacuated due to bad weather. Uh, what can you tell us about the, the? You know, I feel like it was. It looked like it was like almost two days, uh, according to what the show showed. It, you know, can, what can you tell us about the evacuation? Well, I can tell you that the cyclones were the best thing that happened to me and my game out there because <laughs> everybody else had meltdowns while I was steady. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and I yeah. looked at the miracle of the cyclone and how amazing it was to be out there and to witness that. And I really, at one point, said out loud, Woo, Natalie, girl, you don't do cyclones, you do earthquakes. <laughs> well, but the Goliaths well, had a meltdown, so I thought, I literally was rubbing my hands together seeing it's an opportunity for me to penetrate because there's a major crack. Mm-hmm. They can't take the pressure. They can't take the stress. So the evacuation worked in my dis- disfavor as far as I'm concerned. With uh, your game, you mentioned too a few times that you were, you know, you felt like you were on the defensive from the very beginning. What kind of a player would you have wanted to be had you have, um, you know, been, you know, more, uh, had, a, had a chance more to be, you know, stable and, and kind of build your game the way that you wanted to? What kind of player would we have seen you become? Well, I was stable. I wouldn't say that I was not uh, stable. I do think that I'm a fun person, um, generally helpful. I'm, I give you the shirt off my back. So, I, you know, you didn't see any of the um, good qualities, or there were very few good qualities uh, that were ever even shown out there. And, and I was closed out, so I didn't have an opportunity uh, to show that because Jeremy was very powerful. He was very uh, funny. He was fun to have around camp. Everybody liked him. And so that's very powerful. Humor is very powerful. And so he had that going for him. Um, The women had sex appeal, and they were working that. And, you know, there was like a group of cool kids, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't one of them. So I would have liked to have had more fun in the game because I am a fun person. I have a great sense of humor. It tends to be sometimes dry. But it's a good sense of humor, and I have a good, a lot of good laughs, and I just didn't get to do that out there. 
Uh, I'm very strategic. I'm very competitive uh, because they just, Allison in that first puzzle, I thought it was so funny that she literally tried to give me full blame for that puzzle. And I said, girl, there were three or four pieces. It's really a puzzle for one person. And if I couldn't see it, why didn't you? Mm -hmm. It wasn't just me on the puzzle. And I generally am pretty good at puzzles. I couldn't see that puzzle. And so, you know, everybody was playing their game. So I don't blame them. What I do take issue with is when you start playing the game where it's hurtful and it's beyond the pale, Yeah. as I experienced with Jeremy. You know, even Natalia with her talk, it was not a big deal. She wasn't, like, in my face with it. And I respected the fact that she was being true to herself. But the way he played the game, I thought nobody ever taught you how to play in the sand. <laughs> were, were, were there any surprises watching it back on TV? I know sometimes you're out there, you have your, you know, your version and your experiences that you know happened, and then you watch it come back on TV and you're kind of like, well, that's not exactly how I remembered it. Not just with your own portrayal, but was there anything else from the show that surprised you the way it was shown? Well, even the order of Tribal Council last night, it rolled a little differently, so I was surprised by that. And it was more traumatic at Tribal than what was shown, even though I wasn't blindsided, just the way they went about it. Mm-hmm. And maybe they didn't show that because, I, it, to me, it was clearly on my face that I wasn't surprised. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we like blind sides. So that part, uh, the last tribal was surprising. What was very, very surprising is that I could have been shown as a heroic character in a number of regards, and not any of that got shown. So how it's edited at the end of the day was a little surprising to me that it was um, the the negative moments that I had out there amplified. Okay. Well, hey, Natalie, uh, I, I, for one, uh, enjoyed watching you on the show and uh, was sorry to see you go last night, and I wish you nothing but the best in your uh, in your real life. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Have a good day. All right, you too. Take care. Well, she might get the last word in real life, but in on my podcast, I do. So this is the last word now. We're with uh, we're nearing the end here of this edition of the podcast. Just heard from Natalie. Hope you guys liked it. And uh, whether you, again, agree with her uh, ways or didn't like her on the show or whatever, she was an interesting character. She's really interesting to talk to, obviously. And uh, we will now be moving on without her. As we see next week, the big tease for next week was the battle lines have been drawn. You know, and uh, or the battle lines have been blurred is actually the word. So we start to see some things happening. You know, with people maybe you know we saw Allison approach Gabby, uh, possibly. You know, that's a that'd be a Goliath David kind of a thing. We see the kind of deterioration of Mike versus Angelina. Uh, you know, their alliance could be on the shaky ground now after Jacket Gate. Didn't talk about this earlier, but, you know, I really ripped apart Alec for his decision to go against the Goliaths. I wasn't as hard on Mike this week. I think a lot of that is because of the way Mike did it, like the tact of it all. He didn't whisper and seem wishy-washy, you know. If you, at least you have a plan as Survivor, stick to it. And, by, you know, if you make it to the end, you stand up for it, you, you own it, and you present your case to the jury. You know, that's not exactly what Alec did. He kind of was more wishy-washy and kind of dodgy. Mike White at least kind of did it. You know, and it was in his own head in private. And in addition to that, I think Natalie's the one Goliath that most other Goliaths would kind of be like, okay, yeah, I can see how they could 
vote her out. So it's a whole different situation, to be honest. But that's why I was a little bit softer on Mike than I was on Alec. But that being said, we're going to have to see how this goes. We're at 7-7 now. It'll be interesting. And uh, that'll be next week. We'll have another podcast, another exit interview. Please continue to listen. I really, really do appreciate your time and and, uh, your uh, input. And I want to hear from you guys. So make sure you leave comments on realityt.com on my Survivor column. Leave comments here on the podcast. Tell your friends about the podcast. And follow me at Tom Santilli. You may also know, because I talk about it here on the podcast, I produce a TV show. It's called Movie Show Plus. It's a half-hour show. It's all about movies. I am a film critic. And uh, the show is available at movieshowplus.com, and I would love your support there as well. We can, You can screen uh, you know, full episodes and download stuff, and there's interviews, celebrity interviews. This week on the show, we're going to be talking to Gerard Butler, star of Hunter Killer, which is a new submarine movie that comes out this weekend. There's also my reviews of the Steve Carell, Timothy Chalamet movie, Beautiful Boy. Jonah Hill directed and wrote a new movie called Mid-90s. Uh, I'm going to be reviewing all of those. Have some other cool content. Again, it's all about movies. Check out Movie Show Plus if you like movies. And you can also find me on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm a Rotten Tomatoes approved film critic. Easiest way to go is go there. There's a critics list that you can click on. Go to S for Santilli and look for Tom Santilli. You can find all of my old and new reviews there. That'll do it, guys, for this week. I appreciate it. Happy Halloween. Uh, Next week's episode is on Halloween, so we'll be joining you. It'll be November by the time we do a next podcast. Hard to believe we're rolling right along. But, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. I appreciate everybody listening. Follow me. Donate if you can. Patreon.com forward slash Film Survivor. And we will see you all next time.